Well, let's continue on with the rest of the first portion of revival. A restoration of force. You and I can get so beat up in the world that we need to go back from time to time. With me, it's almost every day. Why not? And have the Lord replenish what the world and just daily life robs us of. The enemy, we call him the enemy, the devil, Satan, is good at using people, places, and things. And he will use things that come out of nowhere, things that he's want to dig up in the past. He wants to dig up things that you're watching in the present. I try not to make the mistake of looking at the news before we come in and do something. <laughs> I, I made the mistake. I, I've had plenty of time, so I'm looking at the... <clears throat> anyway. Praise the Lord and pass the ammo. Hello? <laughs> Praise God. Okay. So don't think for a minute that Jesus does not know what you're going through. Because he does. In his infinite wisdom, he decided to come down here and feel what you and I feel. Go through what we go through. Not just to understand. I know that God had to know and Jesus had to have known everything that we go through because he created all these things. But what he knows is a little bit more than we do. The enemy of our soul was in heaven with God and the Lord literally threw him out because he thought he was bigger than the Lord. Now we're going to talk about a guy named Sennacherib here in just a little bit. But first, let's go here to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Sometimes in the morning, my wife lets me make my own coffee. <laughs> Hebrews. <clears throat> well, anyway. Chapter 2, Hebrews, verse 14. Let's start with that. For as much then... What's that? Uh, I'll wait. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh, that's you and I, and blood, he also, Jesus, himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had, I underlined that in red, who had the power of death, that is the devil. And look at verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering us Lord God, as we became Christians, born-again people, you've delivered us literally, Lord, from the spirit of fear. Thank you, Jesus, for enduing us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can pray and build up our own self in our prayer closet. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord. We can find the words, Lord, to encourage ourselves, and then we can go encourage others. Because God knows everything that we are going through. We've been there before, and you have been there before, 
and we give you praise for being with us here today and tonight. So thank you for the anointing to preach this word and to receive it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 What is the number one thing that we're afraid of? We're afraid of death. We're afraid of dying. We're afraid of dying in a hideous way. We're afraid of dying of some disease. We're afraid of the people next door. We can't help it. We're natural people, okay? There is, there, there is no such thing as a, a fearless individual. If there is, he's lying to you or she's lying to you. Fear is something that we have to deal with. And until you have been faced with death, hello, you'll not really understand how you're going to deal with a life or death situation. I myself have been in a war zone. I know what it's like to face death 24-7 every moment. You don't know whether you're going to be alive or dead. If you want to know what it's like and you've never been in a war zone, I can tell you. Make it simple. Every day is as long as a week. Every week it seems like as long as a month, and every month seems like it's as long as a year. Imagine feeling this pressure on you constantly, not knowing whether you're going to die the next day or the next moment. So that's why us veterans come home and it took about a year to get the crazy out of us. We like living in little places like this to keep away from people, to get away from the things that remind us of those near-death experiences. We live way up in the mountains. We live in small town USA. We don't live in Portland, hello. No, we're not blue, we're red as can be, amen? But I praise God that we have a place of refuge that we can go to. I don't mind going back into the lion's den. I don't mind walking into another war zone. But I know one thing for sure. I've got the Lord God Almighty on my side. And he can station angels around you, amen? And he can protect you. I don't know how many times the Lord has kept us from severe bodily injury, from that bus getting blown off the road, people pulling out in front of me, motorcycles hitting 120 miles an hour through Portland, Portland, same thing, Phoenix. It just whiz right in front of me, man. These two kids, I mean, that's insane to go that fast and go right in front of the bus. Right I would roll right over the top of them and make mincemeat out of them. But praise God, we are blessed because we're God's kids. And the Lord has got his hand upon us. Amen? Okay, so what is God able to do? Everybody remember the little signs, WWJD, what would Jesus do? What do you mean, what would Jesus do? Let's go and take that a different way. What is Jesus able to do? What is God Almighty, God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, what is, the whole, what is he able to do to your enemy? Wow, guess what? Let's go to Second Chronicles. I don't know about you, I love reading the Old Testament. It is full of the illustrations of what our Lord God did in the past, the power that he possesses, 
and what he can do to destroy your enemies. Amen. Look at this. Second Chronicles chapter 32. We're going to begin with verse 18. This is about a king of Assyria named Sennacherib. It took place in the time when King Hezekiah and Isaiah was the king of Jerusalem. Isaiah was his prophet. And during that point in time, Sennacherib and his forefathers had beat everybody up in the whole area had literally defeated every kingdom, every country in all of Asia. He was a murderous, evil, heartless individual. He comes to Jerusalem and he says, I'm going to kill every one of you because you think your God is big enough to defeat me. So he's had 180,000 men with him. Think about this. So he surrounded the city of Jerusalem, and he's got his men from down on the ground looking up at the walled city of Jerusalem, and they start yelling this in Hebrew, verse 18. Then they, his men, cried or yelled with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem, that were on the wall to affrighten them, to scare them, fear, and to trouble them that they might take the city. They spake against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth and were the work of the hands of man, which were the work of the hands of man. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried unto heaven, and the Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and the captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was coming to the house of his God, little G, they that came forth out of his own bowels slew him there with a sword. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side. And many brought gifts unto the Lord to Jerusalem, and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforth. I did the research. It's another portion of almost a repeat of the same story in Kings. The Lord literally sent one angel, Gabriel, and in one night killed 180,000 men of Sennacherib, every one of them. And Sennacherib was the only one left alive. And not only did he do that, but he sent field, the Lord sent field mice, you ready for this? Field mice to eat up all of the arrows and eat up all the spears that were made out of wood. So he literally destroyed their weapons, <coughs> excuse me, as well as 
destroyed all of the men that was with Sennacherib. What are we faced with today? The threat of the same kind of thing. Here it is thousands of years later, and we're looking at a possibility of a world war. We don't want that. But what if we have to go through it? If we have to go through it, church, we have got our literal foundation. And I, say, I preached that this morning. Our foundation has been built right. So we know the word of God is true. We know that the power of the Holy Spirit is true. We know that Jesus lives within us. And who can be defeated when they are a child of God? Well, what about all of the old saints in the past that was destroyed by lions, torn apart? You know what? God allowed that to happen for a reason. The reason is, are you willing to go to death and believing in Jesus Christ so that others will follow you? Do we have that kind of courage? I really wonder who has the courage to stand like those poor people that were left in Afghanistan. We saw some hideous videos of what the devil's disciples are doing to Christians over there. They face death with courage. Are we willing to face death with courage? Church, I know this is somber, but let me tell you, this could happen to us. And for all of us that have no idea what it's like to have any ha, like to have any violence in our life whatsoever, my heart breaks for you. But we'll get through it because you've been born again. We'll get through this because the power that Jesus Christ gives you in your salvation literally is proven when the time comes and you're facing death. How are you going to take it? How are you going to react to that? Wanda and I have seen people dying in hospitals. As ministers, we go into uh, the intensive care ward. Uh, this elderly gentleman has gone on to be with the Lord almost, right on the verge of death. And we went into the intensive care room. And as we walked in there, the nurses was walking around. With my hand in the air, I could feel angels' wings brushing me on the back as they went around this man. He laid there in peace and went home to be with Jesus. And I've seen people that are not Christians go away. You don't want to see that. It's a hideous sight. If there's anything I can do to encourage you, is face this thing that we're going through with the courage that Jesus has given us because we have been born again. Because you and I have got the Lord living within us, there's a change that's been made because that foundation has been built right. It's strong. And even though our enemy may yell at us, I'm going to come and kill you. I'm going to take everything you have. Do you know what Hezekiah and Isaiah did? Because all of those people, all those men were down there yelling, we're coming in to kill every one of you. They went to prayer. They sent letters. Hezekiah sent letters to Hezekiah. I mean, uh, Sennacherib sent letters to Hezekiah. And Isaiah and Hezekiah laid these letters on the altar of God. Everybody got this now. And they said, Lord, 
Look what He's saying about you. He's saying that you're weak and that His gods and His forefathers can destroy you easily. That you're an anemic God. We know you. We trust in you. Will you look at what He said to you? That moved the hand of our Lord. It angered Him to where He sent one angel church to destroy every man of valor and every weapon that they had. Haven't you any idea? And I want to encourage you. That's what this revival is about. What if we have to face what those poor people over there in Ukraine is looking at? You willing to stand in front of a tank? Or you got no idea what the weapons of God are. He's got all creation on his side. No airplane can fly with a, a, a piece of ice that big around, hail that big around, flying through the air. You can, that airplane cannot fly. It's impossible. The tanks will not be able to move. You don't want a war with God. And that is what it's going to consummate into. That all of our enemies is going to converge on Israel. And maybe even the United States. And what breaks my heart, church, is to see the way this country has fallen away from Jesus Christ. Has gone so far away that they tremble in fear. Your money is not going to keep you safe. Your friends are not going to keep you safe. Our God is able to keep you safe from all harm. He stationed angels around us wherever we go. I don't know how many times we've walked, went by a burning RV on the way to Payson, totally engulfed in flames. Happened just before we got there. We've seen accidents on Interstate 10 coming up to Phoenix from Tucson several times. Five, six car pileups, crumpled up mess, happened just before us. And we were impressed to pull over into that rest area and eat a sandwich. Just things that God is able to do to protect us, his kids, from the invasion and attack and near death. So the fear of death has kept people and many of us in bondage all of their life. The fear of death. But once you know Jesus Christ, you know where you're going. Go ahead, Lord, I'm ready. <laughs> let her rip, let my heart burst. I believe that the Lord loves you and I so very much that He's going to keep us safe from all harm. And the closer you and I walk with Him, the better off you are. So take courage in the knowledge and the truth that your Lord, Master, and Savior is with you and He's got angels at His command that will come down here and fight for you. One angel destroyed 180,000 people. I'm a big fan of John Wayne. I got a John Wayne coffee cup about that big around. And every morning I look at the inside of that and one of his sayings I really like. His definition of courage. Well, courage is when you're scared to death, but you saddle up anyway. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Folks, we're, there's nothing wrong with being afraid. But when it gets a hold of you to where it is a bondage to you that you close yourself in a house or you're afraid to get out and drive in your automobile, whatever it might be, 
you know, that's such a fear of death that we need to get over. And we need to go and find in the Word what God is able to do to keep us from whatever lays out there waiting for you and I to get a hold of it. Know that the devil's disciple and Satan is good at one thing, and that is instilling fear in your mind and in your heart. His number one tool to defeat you and I would be fear. Is God able to deliver you from that? If there's anyone here tonight that is so afraid of death, we need to let you know that God will carry you through it. And even if you were to die, you're going to a place called heaven. And it's there where there will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more fear. There will be nothing but bliss and happiness and peace and joy in a place of tranquility. So, Lord, why are you allowing us to see these things? Well, I believe it's to appreciate where you're going. One of the things that I have, a problem I have with younger people, is they do not appreciate this country. Most of you are old enough to know that back in my era and in my generation, there was a six-year obligation for every young man to be in the military to defend this country. Six-year obligation. Now it's an all-volunteer military. I don't know how young people would do in a war. I know how they do in church. They sit in the back row and fiddle with their cell phone all the time. Laughing and poking their neighbor and their friends with them. Texting each other, showing people pictures. Hey, look at this. In the middle of a sermon. So I said, why did you even bother coming to church? What are you going to do if your life is in danger? You're going to run into mom or to grandpa and grandma. They're not going to be able to help you. Your heart will fail from fear. In these trying days that we're living in and the ones coming ahead, church, now's the time for us to really get a hold of this word. Read it. Do some research. Check and see if I'm telling you the truth. Because I am. This world that we know is going to literally pass away one day. Can you believe that there are preachers out there that saying God's just going to re-overhaul um, the earth? What? And, and fix it? And the earth will never pass? Yeah, I read that passage where the earth will never pass away. Are you kidding me? It also said it's going to be completely destroyed by fire. The first time was with a flood. The second time, it's going to be melted completely away. And in Revelation, hopefully we'll get to it during this revival, there is a new planet out there called New Earth. There's a new Earth where there's no ocean, no sea. There's no sun. There's no moon. There's no stars. Only the glory of God lights this up. Did you know that that Hubble telescope has been out there for years? It's gone billions and trillions of miles. You know what they're finding now? More and more planets. Millions and billions of planets in the far, far out there. Star Trek stuff, right? What a wonderful thing to know that this is just little old one Earth. And God made this as a proving ground for you and I. 
And the proving ground is, are you willing to go through this time to be with me? I sure am. How about you? I know enough about the world and I know enough about God that I'm going to hold on to the truth. The promise is for you and for me and whoever he calls afar off. We get to see heaven. And all of this mess is going to get behind us. Watch the news. Be ready. But don't let it get you down. Amen? Don't let it defeat you. Trust in the Lord in all his might. Amen? Father, thank you for the word, and we're grateful that you are very, very much able to deliver us from this world. One day soon, Lord, we know because your Bible tells us you'll come back for us. Where you left in Israel, in Jerusalem, on the Mount of Olives, you'll come back to the very same place. And not only that, Lord, you'll have a bunch of white horses. I hope everybody here loves horses. Your people will come back to war with the enemy of our soul. And I am positive that not one person will lose their life. But there will be a great slaughter of the enemy. He'll be bound in hell forever. And Lord, you'll put an end to all the suffering and all the evil that has taken place for centuries. But until then, we know that you are our Savior, our Master, our Savior, Commander-in-Chief. And Lord, we have the power of prayer to come to you and say, Lord, help me. Look what those devil people are trying to say about you. Oh, hallelujah. Look what they're saying. You're not weak. You're powerful. Almighty God, Lord, command your holy angels to come down here and war for us, your people who do not want this or deserve what's happening in a nation that was blessed and a nation that is still blessed and a nation that needs to fall on their knees and praise God for their salvation, their happiness, peace, and joy that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I think everybody was here this morning. If not, does anyone need prayer? If you're not sure of your salvation, believe me, there's nothing wrong with going back for another dip. There's nothing wrong with repeating a sinner's prayer. I'm blessed to know that Jesus Christ is alive and well in my life. Amen. Listening friends, where will you be when you die? We ask this question of a lot of people oftentimes, and the biggest answer we'll get is, I hope I will be in heaven. If hope is your answer, you don't know God, and this is a problem. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you do not know for sure that you're going to go into heaven, please today make your decision to follow him. It is simply just ask him, Lord, I am a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make him your Lord. If you said that prayer, let us know so that we can send you a new believers packet. You can contact us at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or even pastor at chloridebaptistchurch.com or you can just send us a regular letter at Chloride Baptist Church P.O. Box 65 Chloride, Arizona 86431 Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.